0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the creative process podcast with myself, Jared Klein today for episode 28, obviously in the title, you will see who we have on and actually next week. This is crazy. We're not doing it this week. But next week, Wednesday, I got a little like notification on anchor, which I go through for Spotify um, to up uh, to I guess not just Spotify, but just to distribute the podcast. We will be testing our video on Spotify. So if you are an OG of the podcast and you have seen video, like the video recordings on YouTube, those will be coming back, but they will be on Spotify, so we will try, we'll be trying that next week for episode 29, but for this episode, episode 28, we just got our good pal, um, our good pal Ben on today, um, and we will be, you know, just hopping into some amazing things you guys will see, so Ben, thank you for hopping on, how are you doing today? Doing great, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, we talked a little bit today. I kind of told you what what my, what our actually we both kind of communicated what our days were kinda of like. But um mm-hmm. yeah, day was pretty good. Can't complain. Having a having a good time. I'm always I'm always super energetic when it comes to recording these things because I like doing it and it's it's a fantastic I like meeting new people too face to face. I mean we've been connecting on Twitter for mm, I don't oh, wow, actually, a few months. Yeah, at least a few months not as long Maybe. as some people not as long as not as long as some people i have but yeah. i know when how long ago did you work for nyl um a little over a year ago a little over a year okay well i definitely was following you on twitter when you worked with for them mm-hmm. so i guess potentially a year who knows <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um but yeah so you said your day was good
1: oh yeah yeah as good as a tuesday can get <laughs> Tuesdays, Tuesdays
0: are underrated. In my opinion, Tuesdays have so much potential. So many people just look at Mondays suck. Wednesdays, you're halfway and Friday, you're one day away from the weekend, Tuesdays and
1: Thursdays, man. They just, I feel like Thursday is the most underrated though. That's a hot take.
0: Thursdays could be, could be the most. And again, taco Tuesday. True. But (laughs) sometimes Mexican places have deals on Tuesday and Thursday hmm there's one by me that does that well not thursday just tuesdays just tuesdays yep it rolls off the tongue a little better too doesn't it you can't really say taco thursdays so yeah. yeah whatever um <laughs> but okay so let's get into kind of what we want actually duh introduce yourself to the people listening um go as shallow or as deep Um, for the people who don't know who ben
1: seymour is all right well um obviously my name's ben Um, Some of you may know me as Pixel Nerd Ben. Um, (laughs) I'm a graphic designer with over nine years of experience. I have a bachelor's in art direction. Um, I work full time at AstraZeneca as a multimedia specialist. And um, I freelance from time to time, um, primarily in the esports industry, but um, I dabble in many other niche industries as well.
0: Awesome. That was pretty that was pretty short, simple, sweet, right to the point. Yeah. Um where are you from?
1: I'm originally from Connecticut, but um right now in the Philadelphia area. Awesome. Do you like Phila
0: Philadelphia? I don't know why I said Phila. Philly. <laughs> Do you like Philly? <laughs> I love Philly. <laughs> I uh I, Philly. I worked for a company called Philly Esports um before mm-hmm. I work with the job I work at now, um and they we kind of had a work party in Philly and it was it was fantastic. I loved seeing Philly's what I saw out. of the city
1: so I I I'd go as far as say like Philly is like one of the best cities for food in America. The food in Philly is incredible. Um so many great restaurants, so many restaurants on my uh bucket list that I need to go to. Um but Philly's a great place for foodies. That's all I will say.
0: So that's the crazy part. The one time I go to Philadelphia, I did not get a cheesesteak.
1: Wild. But hey, hey, uh, we're, we're known for cheesesteaks, um, but hey, anything in Philly is a good time. That, that's mm-hmm. what I'll say.
0: I did have a very good time. It was fantastic. Cool. Cool. The flight, to put it in perspective, I had such a good time that the flight back sucked so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh my goodness. So the owner, we stayed at the owner's house and or I stayed at the owner's house. A couple of us did. And the ride to the airport was like 15 minutes. It was the longest 15 minutes of my life. I was <laughs> sweating. I didn't oh, it was oh, it was so bad. Oh man, I hated it so much. Jeez, um sweating. But yeah so <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad man it was so bad like <laughs> i woke up and like my body was like why one you like i went to bed at like 3 a.m so like i was up at like eight i think my flight was at like 9 30 or 10 oh, God. so my body was like okay well this isn't right like why'd you go to bed so late why are you up so early so right there i was right. in like fight or flight mode pretty much and then plus the you know the consumption the night before didn't help the situation either so it's like Mm -hmm. it was trying to do trying to figure out what was wrong on that side too and my stomach was just turning and i couldn't keep anything down it was fantastic it was a great time (laughs) Jeez, man that's a nightmare it was so bad (laughs) it was so bad oh my goodness um okay so what we want to talk about today this has this has gone off to a great start it's gone off to a really good start (laughs) So let's get into something we want to talk about. Um, You recently started um, and unfortunately ended. Granted, I don't really know the story about it yet. Um, My guess is potentially getting into full time, you know, stuff taking up your time. Can't really dedicate um, time in several different places. Um, So we all know how that goes. Um, But you recently started and unfortunately had to end a studio named Creative Alliance. I got that name right, correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. So we thankfully haven't talked about this aspect of, you know, a potential career path um, as a designer or as a freelancer or whatever you want to label yourself as Um, talk about kind of the start of everything kind of, I mean, describe what the company was and how Mm -hmm. you had to, you know, kind of make it from the ground up potentially like pretty much. So yeah, go
1: for there kind of, Spill the beans, I guess. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, So it's actually quite, it's like what you suspected would happen, but it's kind of quite the opposite too. Um, I started Creative Alliance initially because I had a full-time job. Um, I wanted a streamlined service for outsourcing the work that I couldn't take on. So I thought like, hey, I'm going to like launch this creative agency I have, a like, an enormous pool of creatives that I'm in direct content, contact with that are all fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, like, it would be a whole lot easier for me to manage um, the work that I can't take on because of my freelance job and also manage the projects that um, the designers are taking care of. Um, and it started out good. Um And it eventually turned into something that was kind of just toxic for my, um, you know, well-being because eventually I found that my whole life was designed and I woke up, I'd like get to get to my full-time job. And then after that, I would freelance a little bit with, you know, my freelance uh, priorities and then aligns and then I'd go to sleep. Um, So I really didn't have a window for something that wasn't designed and being like involved in design 24, 7, 7 days a week is really, really unhealthy. Um, You need those days off where you just don't need to think about anything design or business related. Um, And I couldn't find that. So I just went back to outsourcing. Um, all of the designers that were a part of Creative Alliance are in direct contact with me mm-hmm. for outsourcing. Um, nothing really changed. I'm just not doing my outsourcing publicly sort of as a business anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but starting it, it was great. Um, a lot of my long-term clients, I'm talking like upwards two to four years, um, were getting taken care of by, you know, good designers that i trust um and they were getting a similar product that they were getting with me if not better Mm -hmm. because i had designers that had more capabilities than i did in that team with motion video 3d all all concentrations that i haven't really tapped into yet Mm -hmm. Um, and all my long-term clients were really pleased with everything Um, it was all going really good but like I said it just kind of became too big of a thing that I could really take on at it at the time mm. um, but yeah uh, I'm just I'm still outsourcing to all of them we're all still good friends um, every no no bad thing came from alliance I, I learned a lot about the designers I learned a lot more about my clients I learned a lot about myself mm-hmm. um, and I learned what it truly takes to run a design agency and it certainly isn't um, something that can be third in line for your priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you kind of you kind of scratched the surface a little bit of like the creation of it and how much time dedication it took mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, I mean, you wanted to treat it like, you know, you you sorry, let me rephrase because my brain didn't really want to say that sentence. <laughs> you wanted to treat it, you know, to the to your fullest extent and right. you know, give it the best give it the best effort and the best amount of time for creative alliance to succeed. That's what I'm kind of getting, um, yeah. getting from what you've kind of stated. So from thinking about the idea, well, I guess the idea probably just came to you. You're like, okay, when I don't have enough time to do these things and I have a lot of friends that I you know, work with and I'm friends with, why not mm-hmm. make yeah. something to help them get more freelance opportunity? right?
1: Is, is that kind of where still, it was? Kind of, kind of, because I was still outsourcing to them. It was more so I was keeping my client's perspective in mind because, um, like I said, a lot of them were long-term clients, two to four years-ish. Mm-hmm. And um, I in this industry, in the industry of esports, um, you know, some clients can get burned. You know, they can go with, you know, a bad designer. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have a bad experience. And Um, I made really, really good relations with a lot of, um, these long-term clients that I didn't want to lose. And I also wanted them to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So I created this to sort of, um, you know, connect them with designers that I really trust. And I also still wanted to be involved with like the projects and their day-to-day, um, and, you know, just still be there for them, not just as like a designer in a business sense, but like as a partner. Mm -hmm. For sure. So
0: when setting up, um, Alliance, did you have to, like, was it just an entity for like to outsource, um, like your, whatever your, your personal business is called? Or did you have to create a separate LLC for Creative Alliance?
1: I I could keep it under, um, my Pixel Nerd Ben LLC, um, So it it was all, you know, it wasn't hard to set up at all. The hardest part about setting up Alliance was doing um, taxes with uh, um, W9s and whatnot um, Mm -hmm. and keeping track of all that stuff. Um, And it would have been a whole lot easier if I took into consideration where my designers are located because um, one of the guys that's on my team that got probably the most work out of everyone in alliance because he was our branding specialist. His name's Felipe and he's from Chile. So mm-hmm. he's not a US citizen. So doing taxes and you know counting those expenses was pretty tough. Um and um definitely uh hard to figure out, but I did. Uh and you know it's just another like learning experience um of mine. But so yeah. if it
0: was if it was under expenses, could you almost write that off? Because Technically, cause it wasn't um, what was it considered payroll or was it just considered like you're paying cash to someone? It was
1: considered that, um, you know, with like how W-9s work, it's like um, they're a contracted employee. They're not like a full time employee. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to do multiple W-9s and got 1099s for a lot of the work um, that I did. But um, you know, with other brands like NYSL, I got a 1099 from them. I had to give them my W nine, mm-hmm. um, and then with my full time job, I have to give them something called a W two, and that's for full time employment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it it's not really writing it off as a business expense; it's writing it off of of like a employee payroll sort of thing mm-hmm. when they're not technically an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we some of my Um, team members weren't making like a crazy amount of money but um you know you had to like document everything and it it got really tedious as well Mm -hmm. um so I, I just you know kept the team small um to make it a lot easier on my end and you know it further streamlined the service too and everything was going great um but you know as I said before it just got too big um for me to handle um for my sanity, really. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I didn't want to just be, like, design, 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 design. Um, it was just really tiring. Um, you know, burnout is a real thing, um, and being burnt out while having a full-time job is not ideal, because you can't take a break from your full-time job. I mean, I can request, like, days off, take vacation, um, but for burnout, that, that would suck. Um, mm. So...
0: Yeah. We talk about burnout a lot on this podcast and it's, Mm -hmm. it's like the value of time is so underrated. And I think like I'm a, I'm along with a lot of my friends that I've talked to on this. And I know you're, you're probably in the same mindset as, as this, but like the grind mindset is so like, there's, there's a time and a place where like like it's it's good in spurts to have those 12 15 hour days mm-hmm. but like doing that continuously continuously and you know just overworking yourself and i, I at least at least maybe i just haven't found something i truly and like i really really enjoy for me to do consistent 12 15 hour days and not care that i'm beating myself up you know so maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe i just haven't hit that scenario yet but like the grind mentality of like work, 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 never
1: have any time for yourself is so overrated. Yeah. It's incredibly like not the way to go. It's mm-hmm. seriously like proven on multiple um, in a multiple different ways that it's incredibly unhealthy for you mentally, physically. Like if you're just sitting at a desk all day designing for like 12, 15 hour days for like a week, two weeks straight, your back's going to be killing you you haven't you know gone outside to like you know get some exercise you haven't communicated face to face with other Mm -hmm. people those are all necessary things that you need to take time for yourself Mm -hmm. um after like work now I I go out on a walk like for an hour I go to the gym me and my girlfriend have dinner we have a good time um but I remember there was a time before when I was like in college that like I would just not make time for those things. I would just, um, wake up, go to class and then work, work, work. Um, and it really isn't worth it. And a lot of like the creative uh, process, um, Uh is like you, (laughs) (laughs) It, it is this podcast, um, but the actual creative process and design is, is not like it is, doesn't align with grind mentality you kind of have to like make something and then I found that um at least from my experience stepping away from it for a few hours and coming back mm-hmm. you get to see things that you missed that you wouldn't have if you took the time to just step away and breathe mm-hmm. um so there, there's so many pros to like taking breaks not overworking yourself then there are cons mm-hmm. um and I, I feel like you know people are too hard on themselves you know they they think that they just need to work super, super, super hard to, you know, get to where they want to be. And like, that's great and all, but you don't need to like be unhealthy about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. I love how you put that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so if you were to like restart or, you know, create something similar to Creative Alliance or even do mm-hmm. your own, like do your own thing full time, um, I guess not full time, but if you were to start something
1: like that again, how would you kind of go about it? differently um there'd be really only two ways that I would go about it um either I quit my full-time job and I'm making enough money from freelancing and I'm projected to make enough money from um you know creative agency like creative alliance or um I stay at my full-time job and I pay someone to do all of the project management I pay someone to do all of the social media management I pay someone to talk to the clients. Um, but then I, again, if I'm paying someone to do all that, I'm not keeping those relations really with my clients directly. And I take mm-hmm. a really humanistic approach when it comes to my freelance clients. I really like to bond with them further than just like, hey, I'm going to make you this and then you're going to pay me for it. I really like to you know, figure out their problems, You know, what's keeping them up at night. Um, and just trying to solve them and being, you know, more than just a designer. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, I think really, um, I would probably have to eliminate one of the potential three things that I would be doing, like full-time job, freelancing and creative agency. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what I did in this case, because I found that the last thing on the list for me was the creative agency was at, at the time. So full-time job and freelance, my, my life is balanced with those two things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, So jumping into what you do now, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked a little bit already about like your freelance stuff. So let's talk a little bit about your full-time job. Um, A lot of your portfolio stuff, if people look down in the description and check out your socials um, connect Mm -hmm. with Ben down there, by the way, little mid podcast, social plug to the (laughs) guest. Follow me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um i know you stated that you know be a little bit wary about what you can and can talk about with your current job um but mm-hmm. i guess you mentioned the name of the company a little bit in your intro so kind of what 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 do you kind of do um at your current job
1: well i am a multimedia specialist at astrazeneca what multimedia specialist means is kind of what you expect it means i do everything um, I do all things digital and print and by all things digital I mean like digital advertising um, email templates and then social media work and then with print it can go from like simple like mailers to something bigger like I made um something that was 10 foot by 10 foot and it was like a wall backdrop I made a countertop last week So, I'm making like a wide variety of different projects. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that's essentially what I do at my full time job. And it's all in pharmaceuticals. So, um, it's very meticulous processes because, you know, the information content at hand is very important and it's like FDA approved. And I can't mess up anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning um, very strongly how to be organized. And I, that's one of my biggest takeaways from my job so far. Um, before, like, I had this job, I would just, like, save everything to desktop. Um, my room was a mess, um, you know, this <laughs> and that. But now, ever since I got this job, um, I'm super, super, super organized on my new MacBook. Uh, that I recently got, I got a folder for everything. Um, nothing is just saved directly to desktop or downloads, um, and it just it makes life a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm I'm really happy with my job. I've almost been there for a year. Uh, my year anniversary is coming up March 24th. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I I'm really really happy with it, and I'm learning so much. I'm working with. Um, three other creatives who all have years and years and years of experience above me. Um, I'm one of the younger people on the team, and they're just really helping me out with everything creative. And, you know, all of them work for great companies beforehand, like Disney um, and other like Fortune 500 companies. Um, And everything that I'm learning there is incredible. Awesome
0: what's the proofreading process look like (laughs) i could
1: only imagine (laughs) it's crazy so basically um i have to make my design and then i get it reviewed by you know my team and then they say okay that's good now you have to get a review on the offshore team and they're like the um, actual content reviewers right and they're in india So I have to send it to them. They send it back to me. And if they have any changes, I do those changes. If not, all good. But say they come back with a few changes. I get those changes done. I send them to my um, project manager. My project manager approves it. And then I send it to the client. And the client can still come back to us and be like, hey, we want some more changes. Mm -hmm. And then that goes right back to the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) so it is very very meticulous um and that's that's another thing about my job how meticulous the process is um I've been learning a lot about double triple quadruple checking my work in and out of my job um and it really does go a long way you know if I like send something to a client for like a freelance job in esports there might be like a typo or something might like a layer might have been toggled off or something. Mm-hmm. Um and now I rarely I rarely run into those uh situations anymore. So excuse me as I
0: as I burp. Um <laughs> I hope I hope the mic didn't pick that up. <laughs> I didn't pick hear up. anything on my end. <laughs> um so what's your what's your end goal like as a designer um or as like your career what's like where do you see yourself kind of pursuing towards i mean obviously you're a young guy um mm-hmm. how how old are you
1: i'm 23 okay so had here. to think about that so, so, yeah like, that that's
0: crazy i i got asked that i think over the over the weekend this past weekend and i, I was like wait
1: i had to like double Dude, it's, check it's so <laughs> much easier to keep track of your age when like you're a teenager um, but like once I hit 21 nothing else mattered to me I'm like all right I can go buy a beer I'm good to go like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how old I am anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Um,
0: but yeah so I mean you're 23 you're really early on to your into your career just like myself mm-hmm. like what's your what's your end goal look like like where do you see yourself ending
1: up in 5 10 15 years <laughs> um you know honestly short-term ish with like that five-year time frame I really hope I'm still at Ashes and hopefully at a more senior role um because you know this first year that I've been there um it's been all like a big adjustment I guess you can say um Mm -hmm. since it's my first full-time job and having it be such like a very like organized you know content heavy legal heavy industry Mm -hmm. um at first I really didn't like it at all I was really struggling one time I almost costed them a lot of money because I didn't put in the right QR code for a print asset um and if they printed that out it would have been bad news um and I, I was just you know bye bye, really <laughs> yeah bad <that laughs> news. but i was really struggling in the beginning but um you know i got a lot of support from the creative team um and i learned a lot and you know um it, it might sound weird but like just like a few months ago i started to feel um like a complete piece of the team and i didn't i like at this very point i feel incredibly comfortable with my role And now I'm fully enjoying it, and I'm just having a great time there. So I really do hope in the short term that I'm still there. Um, You know, if I'm not there, I hope I'm somewhere better. Um, You know, if I get like a better opportunity, whether that be with salary or just like position or just you know something that interests me a little bit more. Like if the Sixers emailed me and they're like, "Yeah, we want you to be our full time designer." I'll drop everything to design for the Sixers. I'm like a huge Sixers fan. Um, But longer, longer down the road, um, I don't know. I think um, one of the big things that I really want to build up, um, especially in this year, is a solid passive income stream. Um, And I'm really leaning towards like graphic assets um, and apparel. Um, And I hope that, um, you know, and I'll long-term down the road, um, to be, you know, my own boss again, um, and, you know, reach a point where, you know, passive, I have multiple streams of income, whether it be passive or directly working with freelance clients, um, you know, you know, that'll, that'll be ideal. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing that this job has allowed me to do was say no to a lot of clients that, you know, lowball me and, raise my prices exponentially. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like the first client I had this year was in the thousands. And last year I probably had like one or two freelance clients for a project that was in the thousands. Um, so I'm just, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity that I have where I don't really need to work on freelance projects. Mm -hmm. Um, since I have this full-time job, you know, the full-time job taking care of me completely. And now I'm just, you know, exploring different ways of approaching freelance. Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: I like how you did mention like setting up multiple sources of income and everything mm-hmm. that's come up a little bit um, on here, but specifically apparel. I mean, we talked we talked about, um, or we will be talking about apparel, but I want to drop a little nugget here for the creative process listeners. Um, I have been thinking about doing some apparel for creative process. Um if you guys do remember this may not have been in the video side of things like when i was posting on youtube porter gray had a had a hoodie that had adobe photoshop on it and i thought it was fantastic so i think i might be going down the roads of having some some apparel linked to the podcast um i mean obviously i mean the the money would be going right back into production and um searching for like sponsorships and making sure this podcast is, is, you know, the best thing that it can be. Um, But I think I, I love, I I feel like personally, I don't have enough. I actually have zero designer apparel, like, or anything relating to graphic design, like what I do. So um, I'd, I'd much rather create, you know, apparel that kind of, you know, relates to something I like doing rather than, you know, just Buying someone else's, <laughs> so True. I don't know. That's just that's just opinion of myself. Um, but yeah. So I have been thinking about apparel. Just wanted to kind of lay that out there. Um, exactly. But let's let's get into apparel. I mean, obviously, looking at your portfolio, um, you have a strong portfolio when it comes to apparel design. Um, you know that. So I don't I don't got to blow too much sunshine up your ass. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, but yeah. Talk about like your experience with apparel. Um, You value, like you obviously have to value apparel based on, you know, how much, I mean, how much apparel work is on your portfolio and how well it is, how well it is done. Um, Sorry, but uh, yeah, talk about that
1: for a a little bit, um, apparel and everything. So um, apparel is an interesting, um, you know, concentration of mine because um, it's also, it's one of the more recent concentrations that I got into I guess you could say because I started out in social media and then I was doing like uh, album covers posters that sort of thing but I just thought all design was really just social media Mm -hmm. Um, and then eventually I, um, I was making like a Pinterest board for something and I saw some like really really cool apparel designs um and at that time it was Vince Carter's last uh season as in, in the NBA and I made a Vince Carter t-shirt um and I thought it was really really cool I was showing all my friends and they're like yeah dude I would like buy that um you know <laughs> and I mocked it up I posted it on social media and what do you know Vince Carter retweeted it um and liked awesome. it and all of, like like his Vince, all the Vince Carter fans were, you know, commenting on it, like saying like it was like awesome and they want to buy it. And at that very moment, I was like, all right, I want to get more into apparel design mm-hmm. um, because it's just crazy that I, you, you can make something that someone else would want to like wear. Um, and I think that's incredible. I think that's awesome. Um, so I just, you know, was working with smaller brands um after that. And then eventually at like all at one point, I got hit with like some of my biggest clients ever, all at the same time. Um, I was doing my um um sort of like creative trial for NYSL. I was also working on a project for Envy um that had that hasn't launched and I don't think it will um, I'll talk about that later, and then I also have, I, I also was working on a project for a NRG, um, content creator, um, and that is launching soon, um, but back to the whole NYSL Envy situation, um, all, like I said, all of it came at the same time, and, um, I submitted, my nysl um creative trial first um, and then i started you know working on the envy project and you know it was going really back and forth with the NV people um revisions here little little changes there nothing crazy um but it, it was going good it was going really good um but then nysl um responded and they were like yeah um we want to sell this uh and we're going to put you on like a part-time contractor um, position here as an apparel designer. And I'm reading through the contract before I sign. And it says I can't work with direct competitors. And what do you know? Envy's a direct competitor. So (laughs) I had to go and tell them, um, this is terrible timing, but I just got signed to NYSL and they don't want me to work with competitors. And they're like, yeah, it's totally fine. Just send us what you have right now, blah, blah, blah. Um, But yeah, working at NYSL incredibly, incredibly elevated um, my status as a designer in the esports scene. It exposed me to um, new processes when it comes to apparel design. And it also was the first ever project that I worked on um, that had units that sold out. Some sold out like within the same day. Um, And that was working on the NYSL um, 2021 collection and the NYXL um, 2021 collection and multiple units in both sold out. Um, And that that was absolutely insane to me that it sold that many times. Um, And ever since then, you know, apparel has been strong in my, um, you know, creative career. It's one of my main things that I do. Um, And, you know, I'm really excited whenever I get like a DM or an email from someone that's like, hey, we want you to work on our, um, you know, a t-shirt design or like a whole apparel, um, you know, line, you know, whatever it is apparel related. I'm super in on it. I'm super interested and excited to try, you know, different trends and whatnot for it.
0: Mm -hmm. I think apparel is, I'm not going to say underrated because it's, it's an obvious thing brands think about, but I think it's so, I think it's so key to a brand um, Mm -hmm. because it, it, one, I mean, it allows people to tangibly hold something that's connected to a brand rather than seeing it digitally or listening to it. Um, it allows them to have more of a personal connection to your brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, I mean, from, from the brand looking at it, you're able to see, you know, what you've worked for and what you've, you know, formulated, like constructed into a physical product that you can wear. Yeah. Like you can rep your own shit, you know? Um, did you get gifted any of the stuff you worked on? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got, um, (laughs) I was going to be like
0: <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> I got to choose um one thing from each line that I made um and then they also gave me like a 35% discount code on anything else that I wanted to get um so obviously I got a bunch of stuff that I made mm-hmm. um a lot of the stuff that like that's in my closet Um, a lot of like the t shirts are like things that I made, which is like crazy. That's awesome. Um, you know, I go to this coffee shop nearby probably like four times a week. I'm I'm addicted to this place. Um, and I'm good friends with the guy that owns it. Um, and he really liked um, you know, the stuff that I was wearing to the point where like he asked me like where I got it, and I was like, Oh, I made it, but you can find it on this site. Um, and he literally bought an NYXL t-shirt and like he wears it from time <laughs> to time. Um, it, it's just awesome. And it, it, that's like the thing too, about um, to your point for like a brand's perspective, like mm-hmm. um, that question comes up more often than you think. Like if someone's walking down the street and they see an incredibly designed t-shirt that they want to get to chances are like, they'll probably come up to you and ask you where you got it and talk to you more about the brand. Mm-hmm. And that's, free advertising at that point mm-hmm. um in fact that's that's the, actually not even free advertising that's like monetized advertising because someone had to buy that t-shirt to show it off um mm-hmm. so apparel's super super important mm-hmm. i think
0: oh i literally just had a thought in my head oh i got it um with apparel too like a lot of the times like yeah people are gonna ask who the apparel like what the brand is but mm-hmm. like if it looks fucking dope no one's gonna care exactly like it like i could i i'm honestly not i i don't i don't fuck with you know overwatch or anything but like the nyxl stuff that you did like <laughs> i'm strongly considering a couple of these pieces because they look fucking sick i mean I'm, i hate I, to I, break I like, it but they're
1: sold out all of them <laughs> i think so <laughs> Oh, I just a lot the of website them. too. I you mean, there's some in like me. extra small and small that are still in stock. I think. I don't see actually. I don't see any of the pieces on the
0: website. You know, so it was from 2021.
1: On. They might have got a new line.
0: But I remember. Yeah, towards, it looks like, like the... it looks like they collabed with Undefeated.
1: Yep, Undefeated's that's, dope. I got I got a Nike cool, Undefeated um, Air Max. Yeah. Oh
0: dang it, I'm kind of butthurt that your stuff isn't up here. I hey, don't tell him I got the print files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to like a print shop and hey, can you print this out real quick? <laughs> no, no, we ain't gonna do that. We ain't gonna do that. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah. We're, 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 we're <laughs> I signed I, a contract. Yeah, I gotta I put the contract. disclaimer. In there.
0: Gotta put the disclaimer. But like in that like like to prove my point, like I don't fuck with I mean, I've I don't I don't really support the excelsior like i don't support overwatch that much like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but you know the stuff that you made and even just looking at their website right now the stuff that they have out right now like you know i fuck with i fuck heavy with it like it looks nice I, i see myself wearing it i mean it's obviously depending on the person what
1: kind of style you have but true you know and that's that's one of my biggest philosophies when it comes to apparel design Um, that I think that um, a lot of designers need to, like, take in consideration is that you need to design something that not just the fans will want, but anyone will want. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, I remember um, one of my not-as-good performing pieces for NYSO were um, the pieces where it included pictures of the players on them um you know I made them look good I think they came out great but um the only people that would really buy them if they're fans of the team Mm -hmm. you know um and it, it is like a little bit of like a controversial topic because it's like you know these professional esports players they're you know athletes um but I'd rather wear like I don't support the Lakers but I'd rather wear like a LeBron James t shirt than like a Call of Duty Pro t shirt. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, I think esports is getting to that level eventually where like you can like rep a t shirt of, you know, a notorious player, but, um, you know, it just needs to be done right. Um, but at this very point, like, you know, a lot of brands are like leaning towards that. Oh, we're making an Overwatch t-shirt we're gonna put a picture of our player on it or we're gonna put a picture of like an in-game character on it you know but it's just like got to make it a little bit more about your brand and you got to make it appealing to the average consumer Mm -hmm. um and that that's what i did um with my nysl and nyxl stuff Mm -hmm. you know i took the brand i took the branding and I i made it something that I would want to wear even if I wasn't a fan of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say as well to kind of piggyback off what you were saying. Um I feel like it depends on the niche you're trying to market to. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you bring out, you know, if you bring out a limited run with like one of your players' faces on it, it's limited for a reason. Like you know, yeah. you know, one, like you're not gonna get you're not gonna get like let's say you get a thousand Ts with like the NYXL logo and like your designs, but then you get like a player focused one you get like 200 you know yeah um i mean if you can sell if you got a big enough fan base you can sell out a t or a a line with a player's face on it more power to you but i feel like in esports those type of things are super like should be considered from a super like niche standpoint like i don't think things like that should be included in a full apparel line um Mm -hmm. because i mean they're not going to sell well and again like esports like you said you stated it perfectly esports isn't at that level where like you wear like clayster's face on a T and just rock it and you're like fuck yeah i mean some people sure if 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 you if you're if clayster's you want to legend. shout out clayster if if if, <laughs> if 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 you're a person listening to this right now and you, you fuck with clayster so much you get a picture of his face on a T and rock the shit out of that go for it but like you said i'd much rather have a picture of lebron james mm-hmm. or you know someone that's one of, completely one of revolutionized the, one of the hugest industries on the in on the planet you know true like from 19 years old
1: yeah um what i was gonna say is one of the cooler um i guess you could say esports player um t-shirts that i made was actually with clayster and it says notorious um picture where he flipped off the camera after like something bad happened and he got like fined like five grand or something <laughs> um, that, that was hilarious and that one did really good because it wasn't just the player but it was like an iconic moment for that season and it was a limited run I think it was only like you had like two weeks to buy it sort of thing mm-hmm. Um, and it, that one did well too um, and I think to your point limited runs especially with um you know pieces that you predict won't have as much sales as others Mm -hmm. increases the sales of those because people say like see like oh i'm a fan of this um brand or i'm a fan of this player and (laughs) it's limited i want it Mm -hmm. um and you know that that's just the mentality that a lot of consumers have and um especially with apparel how it's such like a uh you know apparel is blowing up in esports you know with like the esports awards they have like best apparel of the year mm-hmm. i'm sure you, you've seen 100 thieves apparel they sell out in literally like 10 seconds they could like put a line on a t-shirt and just like like sell it and they'll sell out in 10 seconds no matter what mm-hmm. um so I, i'm really excited to see you know what has what's in store for 2022 with apparel mm-hmm. um and you know last year was great and you know this year will be better next year will be better mm-hmm. um so I- i'm really looking forward to it
0: so to kind of wrap up the podcast i want to ask you a question i've been asking some people that's kind of been funny um if you were to be able to live anywhere in the world where would you live
1: if i would be able to live i swear to
0: god the- if you say philadelphia <laughs>
1: no (laughs) um honestly i would have to say um you know there's a lot of like great countries that like i can think of that would be amazing um to stay at for the rest of my life um but assuming assuming that i have optimal internet connection um, I would love to stay in the northern woods of Maine and just like chill on a lake house um, in the middle of nowhere. Maine. That was out of nowhere. Maine? Granted, I've never been to Maine, so I don't know how beautiful I have. it can be. So maybe so... that's why I'm a little biased. Um, my family, th- this might be a little bit of a story, but um, my great grandfather was in the mafia and to escape the mafia, he drove as far north as he could. And he built a log cabin on a lake in Maine. And it's in our family. And we go there for the summer sometime. Um, and it's beautiful there. Um, the only thing that's, you know, not too good about it is that the internet sucks. somewhere. Some places you can't even get, like, cellular data. Um, but um, it's beautiful. It's chill. Perfect weather um you know it it's it's the place that I would want to be, damn
0: that's a crazy story,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> to get away from the mafia, your
0: grandpa built a cabin way north in Maine, and now yep. your family like cherishes it that's fantastic, I love that, yeah, I love that yep. so much, definitely all right well i mean then <laughs> it's 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 been it's been fantastic talking to you, having a conversation with you. I know My this guys. episode when we were talking in like November to set this up and even December, um, it kind of, it kind of fell through and now, you know, boom, it's March 1st recording Mm -hmm. this going on on March 2nd. Um, and it's awesome. This conversation has been super cool. Awesome to finally meet you, I guess, in person in quotations, but face to face, I guess we can say over video call. Um, but, uh, but yeah, super grateful. You took the time out of your day to come on today. Um, and, uh, and yeah, man, um, But anyways, guys, again, I mentioned this in the middle of the podcast. Um, All of Ben's links will be down below. I know his Twitter will be down there and his portfolio will be down there for sure. Um, So go connect with Ben. Ask him any questions. You know, look at Mm -hmm. his work. Kind of explore Ben as a designer and as, as a person. Um, but anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of creative process next week, huge episode, trying out video on Spotify for the first time ever, which is crazy. Um, but, but yeah, this has been episode 28. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, weekend, week, whenever you're, you know, listening this month, um, and make sure you tell someone that you love them. All right, take it easy. We'll see you next time. Peace.